Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Washington football team nation, what is going on? Here we go. The first week, well, the first wave of free agency is in the books, heading into that second phase. Todd, how you feeling? Feeling good as always. Um, I, well, I guess I should I shouldn't lie. I'm feeling okay. <laughs> no, I'm good, man. I got the Monday blues a bit today. For no good reason. It's a beautiful day outside. But uh, in terms of things, Washington, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. How about you? I'm doing all right. Uh, we got all the players that I wanted for the most part. And, well, yeah. I didn't want necessarily want William Jackson the third, but I'm so happy we got him. And yeah. I didn't necessarily want Fitzpatrick, <laughs> but I'm so happy we got him. The, the toy that I wanted was Curtis Samuel. And <laughs> right, I'm thrilled right, right. that we got him. So I'm really content up until the draft, mm, honestly. Okay. Yeah, um, I agree. He's, it, William Jackson was the one we didn't know we wanted. You know, he was like the the beautiful girl who was like in the shadows. I got to stop saying I'm good because I should I should be saying I'm doing well. That's proper English. So I'm going to start trying to fix that up. Uh but today we're joined. We are joined by Jalen Morgan. You may recognize him from Bleeding Burgundy and Gold on Twitter, who's always keeping us up to date on everything. What's up, Jalen? Thanks for coming on. Hey, man. Thank you guys for this. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, like I said before we got on, um, you guys have been supporting me from day one. So I appreciate it. And it's an honor to actually be on with you guys on a Tay and Todd episode. I really appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, that's, that's a thrill to me. <laughs> yeah, no, well, we're, we're happy to have you, man. We're flattered. Thank you for, uh, you know, connecting with us and i know we've been kind of seeing each other on on the twitterverse so it's cool to connect in person you know it's kind of crazy how you meet people on the internet and you kind of feel like you know them and you've never actually met them isn't that absolutely (laughs) absolutely and i've experienced that a lot since like the quarantine period and doing meetings and everything that is actually up the lot so yeah i totally agree yeah, but it's, I mean, you really, you know, there's obviously lots of idiots uh, and dumb people on there, but but the the really good ones make up for it. It like balances out, right? Like every great person equals 50 dumb people. <laughs> so absolutely. So we, we got, we got the one out of 50 right here with you, Jalen. So absolutely. you said it, week one is in the books. Uh, all right, let's just give our flash reactions, not even just to Washington, but to free agency as a whole, because it was supposed to be, you know, crazy, wild, blah, blah, blah. The wide receiver market was supposed to go insane. We saw how it played out. So, Jalen, I'll come to you first. What are your impressions now after the first week of NFL free agency? Um, I expected it to be a, a little more crazier, um, if we're being mm-hmm. honest. Um, I know it was, it's the start of the new league year, technically, so I was expecting some of the um, QB bombshells. I know they were refuting a lot of reports, but like the Deshaun Watson trade, I was expecting some movement or some traction on there, mm-hmm. maybe a Russell Wilson trade. But as far as the free agent signings, um, there were some that were shocking. Like I didn't expect like Corey Davis to end up going to the mm-hmm. Jets. Yeah. Uh, 
I didn't expect Kenny Galladay to be getting $18 million be going to the Giants. <laughs> right. So some of them were shocking, um, but some of them, uh, I believe a lot of teams in the NFL definitely addressed a lot of needs. So I think that this is going to be a pretty exciting NFL season to come. Yeah, yeah. Tay? Yeah, same. I was more so shocked with uh, the Patriots and how they just stole everybody from everybody. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> they're having a really good offseason. But what I was most impressed with was Washington. Obviously, us being the whole team, home team, you know, re- recently in the past, well, before, I guess, in the before Ron Rivera and a couple years uh, during the Jay Gruden, uh, you will always see us go after the shiny toy, you know, right at midnight. And they're very strategic in how they approach free agency this year. And it's like they did it at a certain time at night to show that nobody else had the scoop besides us, you know, and, and I, and I appreciated that. And like, they were all big signings. They were good signings, but they're not signings that you walk away. Like, man, Washington just did like what the giants just did spending, you know, giving Kenny that Galladay 18 million. Mm -hmm. So uh, free agency wasn't as big as I thought it was going to be. I mean, it was more so big for the, uh, or the new league year is more so big for the offensive linemen getting traded, the offensive linemen getting cut, the guards, the right, centers, was, right. Yeah, a lot of that. You know, that was like, wow, I've never seen anything like that as far as offensive linemen go. But uh, it went just about as I kind of expected. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I don't think I anticipated uh, any any crazy craziness. I think the most shocking thing for me was the wide receiver market. First of all, how slowly it moved. And then you see, you know, Curtis Samuel, I think his contract was kind of about where we would have predicted. Corey Davis somewhat, but it moved slowly. And then Will Fuller, one-year deal. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster going back to the Steelers was very shocking to me. And then Kenny Galladay waiting. He was he was really just waiting it out and saying he's going to wait until he gets the money he wants, which I guess he got close to what he wanted. I don't know. He probably wanted more. Uh, so that was the shocking thing for me because I think we expected those wide receivers to be gone quick. And it was day two, day three, day four, and they were still out there. But I'm content with what Washington did in terms of wide receiver and the money that they spent. So speaking of free agency, speaking of Washington, which of the three players to this point that they've signed? Because it's kind of wild. They've only signed three. feels like they've signed more. But I'm fine with them only having three because it's about getting the right players and not just getting players. So I'm fine with three, and they will sign more. We'll see what they find in the the day day two bin or the week two bin. Uh, Jalen. Of the three so far, or, you know, if you want to throw in a re-signing like a David Sharp, you know, or whatever, <laughs> who is your favorite uh, signing? Um, so I haven't heard this one um, as much as I've heard the other two. Um, and I think it's because um, the, our, the other two signings were our biggest need and Fitzpatrick being a quarterback and Curtis Samuel being a wide receiver. But I'm honestly most excited about the William Jackson signing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he might be the best player out of the group of the three. And um, honestly, I've been excited. Uh, I've liked William Jackson as a player since he came out of Houston. Um, he's just somebody that 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 has the cornerback profile of being able to travel uh, with a lot of one, number one receivers. Um, you know, he missed his first year with the torn pack, but when he came in in 2017, like wet behind the ears, basically yeah. in his rookie year, you know, he allowed the you know lowest passer rating um, or the um, completion rating in PFF's database, even compared to like Darrell Reeves' stellar year. So. It's just crazy. Um, I know he hasn't had a season that good since, mm-hmm. but, you know, pairing him with somebody like Kendall Fuller, who isn't as elite of an athlete um, and, you know, who we may not, you know, think of somebody who profiles out as traveling with the number one receiver due to those athletic limitations. I think, you know, um, bringing in somebody like William Jackson, who's able to do that, you know, near 6'1", 32-inch arm lengths, 4'3", 7 speed, 
Yeah. He he's a he's a like he's a freak of nature. And I, I'm honestly like he's he's building up our strength, which is what the good organizations do. So we already had the best defense in the division, in my opinion. So he only made it stronger. So I'm thinking I'm gonna go with the uh, William Jackson the third assignment. Okay. Tay, favorite. So I got a question for Tay. So did so mm-hmm. did you have your eye on him? Did, like were you shocked or like what oh. do you like Mel? Like we need him, or would you like just shock when you got him? So um, over on my podcast, I did a mock offseason episode and I didn't mention him at all. And the crazy thing about it is, if you guys can remember about Thursday before the league year started, that's when Cincinnati said that they weren't going to franchise tag him. Because I always thought he was going to be a candidate for the franchise tag because, you know, I thought that he was he was good enough to earn, you know, top five player of the year money, which is what the franchise tag brings. But as soon as I heard that that, you know, didn't happen. Um, I honestly didn't want to let Ronald Darby go. Like, um, one of my favorite things about Ronald Darby is that he really got beat deep last season. Mm -hmm. And it's really like trying for our offense to keep like going up, going on these short, long drives, you know, with play after play after play. And that's one of my favorite, um, things about like DBs and William Jackson is like better than Ronald Darby at doing Mm -hmm. that. So once, you know, we lost Darby and I saw that there was potential to grab somebody like William Jackson, he did, he did develop on my radar. So probably right before the new league year started is when I really thought it was a chance to get him. So you think he could travel, you think he could travel with the uh, ones? So he's, he's, he, he did it a lot in Cincinnati. Um, So um, I know we didn't travel as much last year. Um, I don't know if that's because, you know, Coach Del Rio and Coach Rivera, you know, trusted Dar- Ronald and Kendall equally, you know, traveling those um, guys. But I think, you know, bringing in somebody like William Jackson, because if you guys remember when Coach Del Rio was a uh, coordinator and like with the Denver Broncos and teams like that, he actually did travel. He had yeah. Chris Harris traveling in the slide right. and things like that. So I believe that now that he thinks he has his guy that's capable of doing it, I do think that he, he he's he's going to we're going to see William Jackson travel a lot with like the Amari Coopers and the number ones and the, the Kenny Galladay's. <laughs> Yeah, Kenny Galladay. Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. right. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I he did travel. Well, he traveled with like Terry McLaurin, and he traveled. Um, but then there, were, I was listening to another uh, a, a Bengals uh, beat writer talked about how defensively they won. First of all, he played with I think four different defensive coordinators in his mm-hmm. what four years, four or five years in Cincinnati. But they at times were intent on having sides for the cornerbacks, and he wanted to travel, but they said no. You got this side. He has that side. So he he definitely faced a lot of um, I don't know different things defensively that you know in some ways might have affected him not having the same year he did 2017 mm-hmm. just uh sorry go ahead Tate. no that's he just i mean i think that was very informative and you got mm-hmm. me excited about william jackson but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, i'm gonna say fitzpatrick uh, and the reason is we haven't had a quarterback with that moxie and with that energy for a long time i guess you could say kirk but even kirk wasn't as that as that um charismatic maybe rg3 it was there but as far as a passer you know throwing those deep balls giving guys a chance um i think the fan base is going to get up get behind fitzpatrick and it's just a weird situation because he's like the perfect for now and he's a perfect bridge quarterback so if we do trade up you get a guy you could have him sit behind him for a year or however long but i'm really excited about that one because it's like we're going to finally see terry be terry we're going to see these other guys like a Gandy Golden get chances. You know, he, he can fit the ball in the middle of that corner and that safety and that cover too. And um, it's just so much he brings. Like I saw an interview with him today and he's just, he's so likable. And um, he's probably, probably my favorite, my favorite uh, acquisition so far. Okay. 
Uh, well, um, quick question. Quick question. Sorry. Yeah. Off, no, Tay. no, go ahead. Can I ask? Can I ask Tay a question now? Yeah, yeah, yeah come on. So, Tay, um, I know before you know a lot of uh, quarterbacks were being mentioned to go to Washington, but they ne- never necessarily thought about Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, what was your initial reaction when they came to him? Um, when it came to us signing him, because you know I was I was hoping for you know a Trey Lance or Sam Donald or a lot of the other names that we heard coming to Washington. So what was your initial reaction when you, when you heard about um, Fitzpatrick coming to Washington? So leading up, I was on the Gardner Minshew train for like a solid week, hard and heavy. And I think he brings, I think he brings the same excitement, Mm -hmm. but with that, he knows what he is. He knows he's not a starter. I mean, he he knows he's not the future franchise Mm -hmm. quarterback and you know what you're going to get out of him. You know, you know, he's going to get 451 game. You know, you might get three picks one game, you know. <laughs> and, and and what I liked about him is he's going to give the receivers, the tight ends, the opportunity mm-hmm. to grow and develop. Unlike Haskins, where Haskins was throwing the ball short and you couldn't let these guys develop. But when you see Alex Smith get in there, giving these guys an opportunity, like, okay, Logan Thomas really is good. You know, mm-hmm. but you wasn't seeing that with like Haskins because he was either checking down or doing something like that. I think the, the benefit, my, my initial reaction was like, yo, this is, I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it because, and it didn't take me much because I I saw what he did last year. You know the plays, the big time plays, the the char- the charisma he has. So I wasn't offended. I was just mad because we weren't linked to him, and I didn't know. So mm-hmm. it kind of threw me out, threw, <laughs> threw it out left part. But I, yeah. I, I I liked it. Yeah, we were we were thinking Mariota, Darnold, yeah. and maybe Trubisky. Um, yeah, right. Uh, so okay, I'm gonna and I, we didn't plan this to go. You know three different ones and all three, but <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to say Curtis Samuel. I mean, first of all, he's, he's young, right? He's 24 years old, right? I mean, you just always love when you get a, a guy who is kind of headed into their prime mm-hmm. wide receiver after quarterbacks, probably their biggest need, right? I, I hope y'all can't hear my dog drinking um, <laughs> wide receiver after quarterback is, is the team's biggest need. And then the fact that you get a guy who, who comes from Carolina, where Ron Rivera was when he picked him, where Scott Turner was. So they, they already are familiar with him. Uh, you get a guy who is extremely versatile. I mean, so he can do everything you need. And while you continue to upgrade your wide receiver core, he can, he can do a lot of things. He can line up anywhere you want, including in the backfield, right? So I just think it was uh, – and then the fact that he didn't cost a lot of money, right? He was about $11 million a year. And, you know, he doesn't miss a lot of time. He doesn't get hurt a lot. Uh, I mean, he's a great character guy great with the ball in his hands. He's, he's a better route runner than people give him credit for. So I, I just thought it was, it was, you hit a position of need. You got a guy who was young, who can grow with the team. You didn't break mm-hmm. the bank for him either. And you already have a blueprint on how to use him because he fits what you want to do. So it just, it was like perfect. Like it made, it made so much sense. It just made too much sense for it not to happen. Right. That's just, uh, as opposed to Galladay or someone like that, who would have been great because they're talented players, but Samuel just kind of fits perfectly. Right. So that's mine. Um, what? Okay, so those are the three that they've done that are really meaningful. The three acquisitions, guys, who are going to just come in day one. Uh, so you did still, you did you did you expect that to be his price range, or did you think he would have cost more? I actually didn't think he would cost more. I thought he was in the eight eight to twelve range. I thought eight was low. I thought nine, ten, eleven. Um, mm-hmm. Pro Football Focus predicted somewhere in the eight range, and that seemed kind of low. Yeah. But uh, I don't I didn't think he would be like 13, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in a few years he might be 
20, you know, <laughs> with the salary cap going up and everything. Uh, he was roommates with Terry McLaurin in college, too. There's just so many connections. And he's yeah. younger than Terry McLaurin, which is crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he um, there was there was there was something I wanted to touch on with him. And I and I no, it was William Jackson. Just real quick. Because he's, you know, he is, he, he only has three interceptions in his career, but he likes to play up tight on receivers. One thing I know that drew him here was the defensive line. And you look at who had the least sacks last year. Now, sacks aren't 100% indicative of how much pressure you, you, you know, you had, but they are also indicative of how much pressure you did or didn't have. What team in the NFL had the least amount of sacks last year? Do y'all know? Uh, since we're talking about William Jackson, we're going to go with the <laughs> <laughs> Bingo. Yep. 17 sacks. And I mean, so I don't have all Ooh. their pressure numbers, right? I don't, I don't know. But if you only had 17 sacks, you were not applying a lot of pressure. You didn't have a good defensive line. Mm-hmm. Now he goes from that to a team in Washington that had the, what was it, fourth most, the fifth most, sixth most sacks in 47. Mm. So, I mean, you just love to see a guy who's physical, who likes to play up tight with receivers. Guys, I mean, I think he matches up great against Kenny Galladay because he's a physical corner against a physical receiver. But now you got a defensive line where the quarterback won't have 10 seconds to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see if, uh, if those interception numbers increase or not. You know, if he just has more opportunities to make plays because as a cornerback playing against, I mean, playing with the worst defensive line in the NFL has got to be frustrating. <laughs> has got to be. Um, okay, so. If you love a good chicken sandwich, you have to go to Hot Chicken Kitchen in Woodbridge, Virginia. They are a minority-owned, veteran-owned small business, and they've brought Nashville-style hot chicken to the D.C. area. Their chicken sandwich is one of the best you'll ever have, and you can't get it anywhere else. Hot Chicken Kitchen in Woodbridge, Virginia. Look them up. Try it out. You won't regret it. Now we can shift gears and go to the draft some because free agency is winding down. So maybe they'll get some, you know, some guys who will come in as depth slash slash um, uh, competition pieces. But the starters, the, the day one starters are probably anyone else is probably coming from the draft potentially at all. Mm-hmm. Four picks in the top three rounds. My first question for both of you, I guess I'll come to Jalen first. Are they going to make four picks? Or are they going to make less than four picks? Are they going to make more than four picks? How do you, and you get what I'm saying, basically, right? What do you think? Um, so before the free agency period, I would have said that they, there was no chance that they were making four picks. Um, but now I, I do think that the likelihood has increased. So I'm going to go ahead and lean with yes, um, they're making four picks. Um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and side with a yes. And I know, I think they're, definitely going to make those three picks inside the top 76 because um, mm-hmm. you get good value with those picks. So I definitely right. think we're at least making those top three picks. Okay. Tell you what about you? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say they, I, I'm going to say they're going to move up. Mm-hmm. If, if the right guy's there, I, I'm going to say 10 is the spot or seven. Got you. Okay. Okay. That's, I mean, that's the, that's the big money question, right? If the guy is there, uh, yeah. You got Daniel Jer- you got Daniel Jeremiah talking about four quarterbacks being the first four picks, which would just be insane. And then Ben Albright predicting four in the top five picks. And I think at that point, that trade up in the first round thing is just dead in the water, right? Mm-hmm. Seven or nine, that's where you start to maybe see. Um, I don't know, man. I ask you guys these questions, and then I don't want to answer them <laughs> myself. I'm gonna just go. I'm gonna go with more. I'm gonna say 
the guy they want at quarterback would have loved to have gotten is not there in a position to trade up. And then at 19, maybe they want a wide receiver or, or a tackle or linebacker, but they feel they can move back at a pick and still get a player they like. Just go best player available at that point. So add someone and maybe add a, add a pick in the third round. So I'll go more. Maybe they end up with the extra pick. Uh, so let's talk about these picks. We're going to go pick by pick. Uh, again, just the first round, the first round of the second, and then the third, the two thirds, and say which position you can only pick one. Okay, got to keep the rules tight here. There's three of us, yeah. so we you can only pick one position. And if you want to drop a player's name there, you can. But what position you'd like them to target? So I'll go to actually I'll go first. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go first. Okay. <laughs> I, I will say assuming we're at 19 we're staying yeah, at 19. we're assuming okay. we're staying at 19 gotcha, so there's okay. good receivers that will be available uh you know but i think that the player the receiver you could get at 19 you could get a very good player in the second round uh, a wide receiver who can contribute um you know immediately as well and maybe be better value like i, I like rashad bateman but i think in the second round you could find someone maybe terrace marshall or or, or deami brown who could contribute day one and you got better value so first round, I think I would say linebacker, uh, mm. whether that's whether that's Collins, whether that's JLK. Uh, I think just solidifying that position is important to them because I think it's a gaping hole in the defense. They were linebackers. And I think even more than safety, I, I think it's a need. I think if you get one of those guys and he's a stud in the middle of that defense, I mean, you're pretty much rounded out defensively, right? Like, I mean, yeah, so – I'm going to say linebacker. I'll say I'm not. I'm just going to say JOK because I don't want to. Jeremiah Owusu Karamoa, I think is how it said, but I'm going to say JOK. Do you like? Do you like him? Yeah, yeah I, I like. Think, him. Yeah, I like. Him. Yeah, I like him. I like him. Um, I think he fits the profile of the linebackers that um, Rivera has drafted in the past, like a Shaq Thompson. Um, mm. Smaller linebackers, but um, they chase the ball. Um, so I, I I like JOK a lot. Yeah, tell you why you don't like him. No, I'm just uh, – they say he's smaller, and I'm looking at Collins, but Collins looks too stiff to me. Collins is stiffer. For sure, mm-hmm. he's stiffer than, than uh, J.O.K. So I, I don't know if they would – Go ahead, Yeah, so, I, so I, I don't know if I like uh, Collins, but, but I'm, interested to get, I'm interested to hear your take on, on, on J.O.K. You hear my take? Jalen. Oh, my take on J.O.K. Oh, like yeah. I said um, – I was actually um, going to touch bases on Collins. I think he could stand to lose a couple pounds. Um, right, he, right. Yeah. Um, if you look, he's not. I've I've heard about how dynamic of an athlete he is, and I see it when he's moving in space for somebody that big. But let's just imagine how much more twitchier he can be if he says, yeah, yeah about yeah. 10, twelve pounds and is actually like that dominant on ball linebacker that you need. Um, but like I said about uh, JOK. Um, he's just a run and chase linebacker. Um, I remember watching a special on like college game day where they actually had uh, like a college professor um, come up with like a physics formula for mm-hmm. how hard he was hitting guys. It was it was crazy. <laughs> it, it, it was crazy. So um, he's he's definitely if we bring in somebody like JOK, he'll be that enforcer um, just to follow alongside the dogs we have like Jonathan Allen and Chase Young. So yeah, I, I'm a yeah. big I'm a big JOK fan. Now, is he a Mike or middle? Um, I think he's more of a will um, running chase. Like I said, yeah. uh, don't really want to see him taking on um, a lot of blockers. Um, so that's what that great defensive right. line would have to be. And that's part of the difference between him and Collins, where Collins has those pounds where he sits in the middle and he'll just run into guys. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 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 So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll say linebacker. One of those two guys or, or 
if we're talking first round and it's moving back a little and still that pick, uh, but yeah, linebacker. Uh, go ahead, Tate. I'm going to go old tackle. I hope he's there. My man from Virginia Tech, Darsaw. Um, I like him a lot, athletic, and um, he's young. And he can grow with those. He can grow with those young receivers, and that's what I like in that young team. And then next that way, next year, if we don't move up, you can move up. You got your left tackle in place. You got your weapons in place. All young, all athletic. Just roll. So yeah, I like Dorisaw from Virginia Tech there at nineteen. Okay, okay, Jalen. Um, so not to be redundant. Um, so I'm not going to do it. Um, <laughs> I mean, hey, I, your truth is your truth. I, 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 I was going to say linebacker, um, but um, I'm going to change it up a little bit. If we can get one of if one of those dynamic receivers fall, so if we can get um, a Jalen Waddle, if mm. it just happens that yeah. he falls the 19, or um, the report came out today that Devontae Smith is only weighing like 169, 170, yeah, 70 <laughs> pounds. Yep. So if you know come draft day, because you never really know what's going to happen with the draft unless you're like a quarterback or something. Right. So if, if come draft day, if a Jalen Waddle um a Devonte smith or a jamar chase like you never know because like we haven't seen jamar chase playing what 16 months almost right so, like yeah. you never know so if yeah. one of those three guys drop i think i think they um take precedent over every everybody um every other position um but if they're off the board i i agree with todd jlk is my guy like JLK, okay. yeah, gotcha. JLK my guy. i mean to so your that's point y'all want Mm-hmm. At nineteen, uh, in, this, uh, at, at 19. This in this in this exercise, yeah, yeah I want a I want a quarterback, but in this exercise, I want I want Trevor Lawrence, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's I I mean, yeah, well, because we talk about JOK and his size, which he is a smaller guy. I mean, for one, like he's gonna he's gonna bulk up, he's gonna have to bulk up. I mean, so, but I think you. Like if he's bigger, if he is Avon Collins, he's not going to be the coverage linebacker. And so it's really, I guess it's a matter of what they want in that player. Do they want a more, you know, Brian Urlacher, uh, Luke Keekley, just, you know, run downhill, um, you know, and be solid, you know, maybe solid in coverage, but run downhill. There's a net run downhill <laughs> and really play against the run well. Or do they want a guy who is more of a, like you said, just run and hit can play, uh, can, you know, uh, do more in terms of coverage longer, you know, like a slinky taller and then weighs less. I guess it just depends on what they want. I mean, there's yeah. probably not a wrong answer, but I mean, we've seen guys come in and kind of play that role and have success. Right. So yeah, I, I mean, I'd be curious to see what they, uh, what they do to your point about receivers and falling Jalen. No one expected CD lamb to be there. At, was it 17 last year? Mm-hmm. I was mad when he was there and the Cowboys, you know, right. I was, I was very upset about that. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, who knows if a Waddle or a, or a Chase or a Devontae Smith. It doesn't seem likely, but the draft is just crazy. You know, something crazy so, is going to happen. So you, so if Smith is there on the board, no quarterbacks. Are you taking Smith at 19 over the pressing need of left tackle and uh, linebacker? <laughs> you asking me? That's a, oh, both. both. <laughs> that's a good question. That's a good question. Um, I pro- uh it's tough to say, okay, if you're asking me, because for them it'll be where they have them ranked. I'm going right. to imagine Smith will be the highest ranked between the you know the best linebacker, the best tackle, and receiver. I'm going to assume that, even though he probably wouldn't be the biggest need. Um, me personally, uh, I'd, probably, I'd probably still attack the defense because the wide receiver class is so deep. Yeah. Devontae Smith is a great player, but if I can get – a linebacker and a good wide receiver, that may be what I would do. Or I would leverage that to trade back, maybe. 
if you didn't sign a Curtis Samuel, if you didn't have a Terry McLaurin, then I am doing that. But maybe I'm wrong. And I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Jalen, what are you going to say? Um, Just for the sake of just being Devontae Smith, I would probably um say yes, mm-hmm. Um, but not to be too much of a con- contrarian. And I don't think that I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but out of the group of the receivers that I named um, and even on the Alabama roster, I don't think that the Devontae Smith is going to be the um, better NFL wide receiver between, you know, him and Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. Um, I know that he had a historic season. I'm not taking taking anything away from (laughs) Devontae Smith, but just being 5'11", you know, checking off at 170 and not being a burner. How how much of a product was, you know, he of that Alabama uh, system or, you know, Steve Sarkeesian? Um, he's a he's a wizard as a play caller. Um, so how much of a benefit was he from that system? Um, if you remember when they both were on the field together, though, Jalen Waddle was actually the guy making the splash play. He might have he been the Heisman winner. If he yeah, like, <laughs> before he broke his leg, he might have been that guy. And even mm. um, last season. Um, playing with Jerry Judy and, and um, the other rugs, rugs. and rugs. Yeah. And rugs, you know, it was Jalen Waddle that was standing out uh, amongst, you know, between Devontae Smith and um, Jalen Waddle. So I would actually uh, choose both Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle. If I would run to the podium, like I said, mm. uh, I would run to the podium if either one of those guys was at 19. Oh. Okay. So he said linebacker line, uh, you said wide receiver slash, you know, kind of linebacker Jalen. And then, uh, Tay, you said offensive tackle. If okay, so let me ask you this, Tay. If it's, if Darisaw is not there, are you still going? What are you thinking? If, if Darisaw is not there, I'm going Morick. Safety oh, gotcha. out of okay, uh, safety. TCU. I okay. like his game a lot, and he would right. solidify. I mean, good night. Yeah, that is one thing you look at. You look at certain like an elite free safety. Look at the Seahawks defense, the the Legion of Boom, which was always a dumb name to me, but it was a good defense. Um, but you look at, I, you know, it just really feels like Cam, um, not Cam, Cam Chancellor and uh, Earl, Thomas. <laughs> Earl Thomas. They were the, they were just back there just surveying the field. It was like, you couldn't do anything because they were back there. Cam Curl may be the Cam Chancellor. I'm not saying he's at that level, but maybe he could be that type of player. He has maybe the potential to be. If you can get your Earl Thomas, maybe your free safety is back there. And, you know, he's got the range. He can be your midfield safety and you go left. He can get there. You go right. He can get there. Instincts can read the quarterback size. That's that's a real difference maker, especially with the defensive line they have. Um, OK, so before we leave the first round, I just have to ask the last question. Tay, I think I know where you stand. But Jalen, if you're at 19 and Mac Jones is there, are you taking Mac Jones? Um, not a chance. Uh, <laughs> not a chance. Not a chance. Um, I think we just left um, a situation where we drafted a quarterback who turned out to be a product of the system and Dwayne Haskins mm-hmm. or turned out being, you know, just you know he dealt he played with so much talent in college we don't know how good he is or does he actually elevate guys Mm -hmm. so if you look at um some of the like successful quarterbacks in the nfl some of them come from the smaller schools like drew Brees came from purdue like yeah so um that's a trait that i always look at in a quarterback so not at 19 um if we happen to trade back um later in the first round maybe the 28 to 31 32 range um, I would I would look then uh, because then that would seem to be better value for somebody like him. But at 19, not a chance, not a okay. chance. Do you want to respond to you when to keep moving? I, I do. I do. <laughs> <sighs> Mac Jones, I, it's so easy to say the product of the system. He has weapons, but he did better than what Tua did with the same weapons. Mm-hmm. I think he's two a better had better, Two had better weapons. 
Yeah, Tua had better weapons. <laughs> I think he's better coming out than Tua is, mm-hmm. and Tua was, and Tua went three. Um, I think if if it wasn't five. so many five five, yeah. five sorry five, and I just I just believe he's going to have weapons here, mm-hmm. so it's going to be no excuse. He can sit behind Fitzpatrick and grow for a year, and you continue to build around him. But I just I look at his accuracy, I look at his leadership, I look at his how he's a student of the game. I look at the system he came from. And and those are four things that, st- that stand out to me. You know, we, we often look at work ethic as far as, you know, quarterbacks. In the past couple of quarterbacks we've had, besides Kirk, you know, haven't really had, you know, Jason Campbell, you know, RG3, you know, Dwayne Haskins. You know, they weren't really students of the game. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I like about Mac is all his teammates say he's a leader. And he does little things. And I think that overrides not, I mean, he's just accurate, man. He, he's, 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 I mean, that's something that does that, that translates, you know, he's accurate. He's a leader. And I think he's a wrong guy, honestly. Absolutely. Can I ask one quick question? We don't have to stay mm-hmm. too long. One, mm-hmm. quick question, one quick question. I agree with you a hundred percent. Like you can't debate the numbers. He did better mm-hmm. than Tua. <laughs> Has the Tua experiment in Miami been a success though? <laughs> <laughs> no, and I have a theory to that, but we can't go on and go into that. On I, got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. I love it. I love it. It's it's not fun when everyone agrees all the time. It's I got fun you. When... <laughs> okay, let's go to round two. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's, let's go to round two. All right. Uh, pick number 51, right? All right. Pick number 51. All right. So there's going to be good players. You got to hit. On the second round picks, Washington has not hit on these second round picks lately. Their best second round pick has been Montez Sweat because they traded it to go get Montez Sweat. Other than that, they haven't had success. Darius Geis, uh, Sua Cravens, Ryan Anderson. Some of these guys flamed out pretty quickly, and they really just never provide anything. Second round. Uh, for me personally, in my mind, that's the sweet spot for wide receiver, but I'm not going first this time. Jalen, I'm going to make you go first. Second right. round. What are you looking at position-wise? And then you can drop some names if you want. Um, so in the second round, this is where I'll actually be looking at the left tackle position um, because I think the top seven um, tackles in the draft, um, there's not much of a – I mean, there's the top two, you know, Slater, right, Slater, and, Slater and, and Sewell. Sewell. But between, you know, three through seven, I don't think there's much of a drop-off. So um, in the second round, I'm looking at somebody like Dylan Randus, um, mm-hmm. the left tackle out of North Dakota State, or um, Samuel Cosme, um, yep. the tackle out of Texas as well. Um, and I, I love Cosme. He's a he's an athletic freak. He ran like four seven four eight. Yeah, or something, four seven, right? yeah. And he put up like thirty six reps on the bench press. Like he's yeah. he's a he's a freak. Right. Um, and those numbers were was actually what led me to watch some of his tape. And um, his tape. Um, doesn't really like he's a good player um but it doesn't really like those 36 bench reps he doesn't really hold up at the point of attack like i would expect somebody who put up those numbers does but what i do love and my favorite trait in lineman he's he has amazing feet he has really good feet um and i think that's something that's needed in this scott turner system where you're running a lot of outside zone um i figure with curtis samuel will be doing a lot of stretch runs and jet handoffs and jet sweeps and things like that so um, between um, Dylan Randus, I know I'm probably butchering his last name, <laughs> but, but uh, Samuel Cosme um, at left tackle in the second round. That's that's where I'll go. Got you. OK. And that's one of those positions where maybe you come in and you start at right or something and then you can switch over. You know, uh, Morgan Moses is not getting younger. Uh, Tay, I'm going to go second? linebacker. 
Michael okay. Gabriel Cox. Okay. I like him. LSU. And it's a couple other guys. I think it's a guy from Bam. I don't necessarily know the name, but I think you can find good value there at that linebacker spot. And that's where you find your money. I mean, you can find, probably find him in the fourth or fifth round, but right. I think, um, I think they'll go linebacker. I'm, I'm going to go linebacker there. Okay. Why? Like I said, I gave it away before, but I'm going to go wide receiver. Uh, so, I mean, I think there is honestly a chance maybe that like a Rashad Bateman could possibly be there. I think his range is like mm. so big. Really? Uh, I mean, look at like Denzel Mims last year. It's just always because these last, you know, last year, um, especially these wide receiver classes have been so deep that it's been impossible to really predict where some guys are going to go because we don't know how teams view them. It doesn't mean they're not good, but there's just so many good players. So I don't think he'll be there at 51, but I think it's possible that, that he could, you know, slide into the second. But I mean, look at like Elijah Moore. Uh, I look at Terrace Marshall, who I really like. Deami Brown, another one who I really like. Uh, Dwayne Eskridge, who maybe that's a little too early for him. I'm not sure. Um, and then I mean, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, those, these are the, these are more of the second round guys. Nico Collins, maybe second round for some for the last couple of names, maybe a little too early. But those first few names: Elijah Moore, Terrace Marshall, Deami Brown, and uh, maybe a Bateman, uh, maybe even a. Uh, well, what's the other more? Uh, Amari, not not Amari Rodgers. Rondell Rondell Moore. I I always forget his name because it's just too close. <laughs> Rondell Moore, who I don't, I don't love him not as a player because like he's great with the ball in his hands. He's just got some injury and off the field concerns, mm-hmm. so I don't love him as much. Also with Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel, I think what I'm looking for personally from a wide receiver is the bigger bodied, physical guy. Now, it's not that you can't be good without that guy. But I just think you've got Terry, who's who's an all around. You got Curtis Sam, who's also pretty all around. So I love the six two, six three, big body mm-hmm. guy. Who you know the uh, you know Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson, essentially. Mm-hmm. And that to me is the Terrence Marshall, the Dayami Brown more so. But I'd love an Elijah Moore or or an Eskridge or something like that. So I'm looking wide receiver because there's going to be some good wide receivers available there. Uh, we can go third. Or, well, then, all right, last, because we got to touch on quarterback. Now, uh, just about every round, we just got to touch on quarterback. So I'm coming back to you, Jalen. Are there any quarterbacks you would touch at 51? At 51, um, if a guy like Kellen Mond is there, I'm not sure if he's still going to be there. Uh, I've seen him rising up draft boards. Um, I would consider Kyle Trask, um, and I'm not uh, – I, I shouldn't be like this, but that last bowl game scared me off a lot. <laughs> like, he looked he looked so erratic. Um, I know he was missing a lot of his pieces, but, like, dude, you're going to be missing a lot of guys in the NFL. Like, injuries happen. Um, and I know those um, guys were, weren't out because of injury, but – you know, you never expect, you never know who you're going to expect on, uh, on to be on a roster on a Sunday. Um, so um, I did kind of like Kyle Trask, and I would still consider him at 51. But that that bowl game, it, it definitely scared me off. But a guy like Mon, um, I think he fits Scott Turner's system. He's a decent athlete, which I think that they're actually looking for. Um, and he's somebody that can, like I said, he can run the system. Uh, I think he has a pretty, uh, pretty good deep ball. I wouldn't say it's accurate, but he can get it there. <laughs> he can get it there. Um, and with uh, separators like Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin, you don't necessarily always have to be the most accurate because those are guys that, you know, can make you miss in a phone booth. Um, so um, at 51, we got, always got to consider that this will be a developmental quarterback. So those are two quarterbacks that I would might I might take a flyer on at 51. I might. Okay, What about you, Tay? Davis Mills from Stanford. <laughs> The man can ball four, five, eight speed, uh, accurate post-style offense. David Shaw, good coaching. Uh, reminds me a little bit of, of Rodgers and, and how he stands in the pocket like a, a Brady or a Manning. 
um, as far as stature. I'm not saying as far as how he plays, but look at his pro day, throwing darts in the rain, four, five, eight speed. Um, he's going to have to play in the elements, and he showed me a lot in the pro day. Yeah, he has seven games this year. Look at his game against UCLA, threw a couple picks, but I like his potential. I think if you give him a year to sit, I think he'll be fine. I, I would. That's the only quarterback I would consider taking in the second round. Okay, got you. All right. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no for now, and I'm gonna come back to that question, and then I'll tell you why I came back to it for good reason. Um, but in the second round, I think I'm gonna say no. Uh, I, yeah. So I'll revisit in the third round. So 74 and 82. Let's just let's knock those both out together. 74, 82 position. If you want to touch on a position you've already said, I mean, you can double dip. You know, it's never a bad thing. But Jalen, you can go ahead. Um, so since we're touching on both 74 and 82, this is where I would actually um, probably stock up on the wide receivers in the draft. So you mentioned a couple of names that I like. I actually think that Dwayne Eskridge could be there at 74. And can you imagine him with that 4-3 speed? Oh, yeah. With Terry oh, yeah. Uh, that's that's when we're getting into the, right. the the Kansas City Chief offense, you know, backing everybody up. <laughs> it's like a track team, you know. It's, right, right. <laughs> everybody on the um on the field, um, and then somebody like uh Armand St. Brown. I don't know if he'll be there with that fourth pick, um, uh, but at seventy uh six, I think that there's potential. Um, he can be there. I know a lot of people have. Um, cooled off on him throughout the draft process, but I like him. Um, he's a bigger body. I think he's like six one or six two. And um, with the signing of Curtis Samuel, like you said, Todd, I just think that we need um somebody somebody that's not as redundant skill set wise right, as you right. know a Terry and a Curtis. Um, somebody that can go downfield. Um, I, a, a sleeper in the draft that I actually like is, and I and I think we may be able to get him outside those first four picks is Tamarian Terry. Mm-hmm. Um, he's about six, four out of mm-hmm. Florida state. Um, he is a speed demon. Um, the only knock that I actually have on him is that he, he couldn't stay healthy. Um, right. and we've, we've seen that we've dealt that we, we dealt with that with AGG last year. Um, so I just think at, at, at these two picks in the third round is where you take your flyer on your developmental receivers. Cause you already invested a lot into that position in the off season. Right. So, you know, this is where you start to stock up, um, with these mid round picks. Okay. That's solid. I like that. Uh, I'll go next. I'll give you. I'll give you more time. <laughs> I'll take this one. Uh, I think uh, since we're doing two picks, so third round. I said I wasn't going to say in the second. Third round, I'm with you on Davis Mills. The only reason I'm not saying yes in the second is because I think you can get him in the third, just because he's only played like 13 games and he has some injury concerns. So you're just not a big sample size. I will say, and I'm not the biggest fan of drafting guys outside of the first round because the odds of them becoming a true franchise quarterback are pretty low. That doesn't mean I'm completely against it. That just means, you know, my expectations for that to happen are low. But if I'm going to draft a guy in the second or not in the second, but after the first round to potentially be that, I'm probably going to draft a guy who who shows everything you'd kind of want, but you didn't get to see enough of it. And they have some other concerns that aren't related to their play, which for him is really just years of play or games played. And um and injuries, right? If he played another, if he stayed and played another year and had a good year and was healthy the whole year, maybe he's a first round pick. So I think I'd look quarterback there, maybe if first round is not an option if they wanted to get a guy like Davis Mills. And then um man, I want to I want to dip in receiver again, but I, I guess I won't. I'm gonna say tight end though, because you do need to add a tight end. You you absolutely have to add a tight end. If Logan Thomas gets hurt. You no longer have a tight end. <laughs> you just you just don't. There's no more eleven personnel. There's no there's no twelve. There's no twenty one. It's just 
10 personnel. <laughs> like you, you don't have a tight end anymore. So, and we'll see if they had any free agents. There's, there's not a ton of great options out there. Maybe there's a trade for a Brait or a, a Njoku for a later on pick. I'm not, I don't think that'll necessarily happen, but maybe, uh, but like a Brevin Jordan, you know, uh, I think would be mm. solid who maybe, maybe he'll be there in the third uh, Pat Fryermuth, Fryermuth, however it's pronounced. I think he's probably gone. But if not, I think I'm, I'm, I'm running and making that pick there for tight end. So third round, I think I'm going because I, I had defense in the first round. So second and third, because the defense, you know, you get that linebacker. I think you're pretty filled out defensively. Second and third round, I'm looking receiver, quarterback, tight end. But I'm with you, Jalen. I'm touching receiver in the third round for sure if I did it in the second. Um, yeah, go ahead, Tay. I'm a touch receiver as well since I didn't hit it with my first two picks. But then that, that 82, I'm going running back. I'm mm-hmm. looking at my, my Chubba Howard. My Chubba, what, <laughs> Hubbard, Hubbard. Hubbard, <laughs> Chubba Hubbard. I'm going Hubbard, or I'm looking at my guy from Ohio State. Power. Power can catch the football truck. And I think we need that third down back just in case uh, Gibby, Gibby goes out like mm-hmm. we were struggling last year. And if you can get a guy that can kind of replicate what he does and young at the same time, I think you're in a good spot. I love that running. I love this running back class is okay. You know, it and, is, yeah. and, and you'll find, you can find another Gibby out there for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. And I think they, they, that's another position they need because they, they've got uh, McKissick who is mm-hmm. good at what he does, but if Gibson gets hurt, suddenly you're kind of screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, and Peyton Barber is not that guy either. So, so I, you know, in my mind, I look at the draft, and and for me personally, I look at it, and you're obviously looking the best players available, but I'm looking offensive minded for sure because that is the weakness of your team right now. You've got a couple holes on defense, but your offense is is kind of a hole more than anything. So I don't know. We'll see what happens, man. Uh, but either way, I'm just excited about the draft. I'm just ready to go. I know we all are. That's all we'll be talking about for the next month. We got five weeks. Five more weeks till the draft, 35 days or so. So, Jalen, uh, you got to plug your stuff. Tell people where they can find you. Okay, cool, cool. Um, as Todd said at the beginning of the podcast, um, we're at bleed, um, Bleeding Burgundy and Gold, um, but our Instagram handles are at Bleeding BNG, and that's B-L-E-E-D-I-N-G-B-N-G. And then our Twitter handle is a tad bit different. It's at Bleeding BNG, and you spell that one B-L-E-E-D-I-N. BNG, and then you can search Bleeding Burgundy and Gold on YouTube as well. I would appreciate it if you guys subscribe, leave comments on the podcast as well. We're available on all podcast platforms. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us, Jalen. It's been great having you on, talking to you, and getting to meet you too, because we, we've, we've interacted, but we've never met. So it was a great conversation, and we'll definitely have to reconnect again soon for sure. It's definitely been a pleasure. It's definitely been a pleasure. Well, we'll be talking later this week. We'll find something to talk about. (laughs) We'll always find something to talk about, right? Uh, But as always, this is Todd. This is Tate. And we'll check up with you later. Me 
mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.